Grace and mercy and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. If this is what they are doing, as one people with one language, then nothing they intend to do will be too difficult for them. That was the observation that the, the Lord makes in Genesis chapter 11. He's described as coming down from heaven to, to, to see what mankind was doing after the flood. And what he saw was that they were building a city and a tower, the tower that would be named Babel. The, the framing of this story is, is really pretty fascinating. If I were to read for you just the beginning of the story, and the, the account, and you, you didn't already know how it ends, then this might seem like it's, it's all good things. They had a, a shared language. They were working together. They found a good land and started building there. Their building methods were not primitive. These weren't sod huts and log cabins. No, they were, they were baking bricks. They were mortaring them together. This, this was meant to last. And, and they had a plan, too. You, you might say that it was a kind of a utopian society that they had in mind. Let's not be scattered and disorganized. Instead, let's work together and achieve great things. And even the, the Lord's observation, is that really a bad thing? Nothing they intend to do will be too difficult for them. Just think about what all they could have accomplished. How much earlier might some of the greatest discoveries of mankind have been made? How, how much more advanced might we be today if we weren't hampered by the barriers of language and culture? We, we don't even use the same measurement systems. I just saw that the United Kingdom announced that they're going to be going back to the imperial measurement system, dropping the metric system, uh, but they surveyed people and they couldn't remember how many ounces are in a pound. See how that goes. Uh, but even though this, this idea of mankind being united and, and working together sounds so good, you know that this situation here at, at Babel was not a good thing because of what God did. He confused their languages so that they stopped building the city and, and the tower, and he scattered them over the face of the whole earth. This story is more than a, a morality tale, like Aesop's fables. If, if it were, the moral isn't really all that obvious. It's a historical account. Interestingly enough, secular scientists today still have no real good explanation uh, apart from this for how there, there got to be so many different languages in the world. Uh, but you probably know what the, the real issue at Babel was. Uh, when, you, when you were little in Sunday school or vacation Bible school, you, you maybe heard it described like this. They were building a tower to heaven. 
that's maybe a little bit of an oversimplification. They weren't exactly thinking that if they built the tower tall enough that they'd be able to, to climb up the top and step off and stand in the clouds. But rather, this, town, this tower was their plan to build their own heaven, a heaven apart from God. And, and God's judgment against these seemingly cooperative and united people was not that he was feeling lonely or out of a self-serving jealousy that they had moved on without him. He, he didn't say that, that nothing at all would be too difficult for them. That utopian goal of a heaven on earth would never be reached, no matter how they tried. Instead, he said, nothing they intend to do will be too difficult for them. And what were their intentions? Well, before the flood, God looked at mankind and he said, he saw that every intention of man's heart was only evil all the time. So the Lord scattered the languages and the people. He did it in judgment, but it was a specific kind of judgment. It was not to avenge or to destroy, but to create a barrier against evil. Ever since that time, mankind has been scattered. Disunity has reigned. But today, today, on the Feast of Pentecost, that changes. Today, division comes to an end. Today, the barriers of language and culture fall. Today, God the Holy Spirit proclaims the gospel for all people. Before Jesus' death and resurrection and ascension into heaven, he made this promise to his disciples. He told them that they would no longer see him, but they wouldn't be on their own. Instead, he would send the Holy Spirit, whom he called the Counselor. This is a, a kind of a rare title, and uh, it gets translated different ways. The King James Version has Comforter. Uh, helper is another translation. In some places, you might even see just a, an English version of the Greek, paraclete. Uh, this is someone who comes to your aid, someone who speaks the truth, someone who pleads your case. The Holy Spirit does all of these. He comes to our aid. He pleads the case of the gospel. He speaks truth to our hearts. And because they would have the Holy Spirit testifying about Jesus to them, they too would testify. What a, a daunting task that must have been. As Pentecost arrived, the disciples hardly seemed ready to carry the, the good news of Jesus to the, to the immediate neighborhood around them. In Jerusalem, much less to Judea and to Samaria and to the ends of the earth, they had spent a lot of time in the past weeks hiding from the authorities. If you were going to pick some some brave men who would boldly face persecution and death, you probably wouldn't pick these guys. If you were going to choose missionaries to cross cultural barriers and bring the gospel to all people, would you go to fishermen from Galilee? I don't think that they would have chosen themselves, but that's not the point, because Jesus had chosen them. 
And as people from every known nation under the sun gathered into Jerusalem for the great festival of Pentecost, it was the Holy Spirit who filled the disciples so that they could tell everyone about the wonders of God. The Holy Spirit came just as Jesus promised. There was the sound of a a, a great rushing wind. They saw tongues of fire settle on their heads. And suddenly, they couldn't help but speak. This wasn't a, a forced speaking as if they were puppets or had lost their minds. It was a joyful overflowing of the gospel. The way that, that good news can't be kept a secret. It has to come out. You have to tell someone. The disciples went out into the streets of Jerusalem and they started telling anyone, everyone, about Jesus. And to the amazement of the people there, the barriers of language were no barriers at all. The disciples spoke in in all the different languages, languages that they had never studied, maybe languages that they had never even heard of. The Holy Spirit was working a great miracle. The curse of Babel was coming undone around the glorious truth of the gospel. In many ways, we can look at our society today And we can see that the the dream of Babel has not disappeared. We long for a world that cooperates to solve all our human problems. We long for utopia. We long to build a heaven on earth. But that dream is doomed right from the beginning. We can't build a perfect society on earth when our hearts are ruled by sin. We can't solve every problem when our greatest problem, the problem of death, remains out of our reach. Man's solution always ends up looking the same. We decide that our real problem is not with ourselves, but with God. God is the problem. Get rid of God, and all our problems will be solved. As Christians... We aren't immune to this kind of thinking either. We look for outward unity among the peoples of the earth. We long for man-made solutions to all our worldly problems. We dream of building a heaven on earth. Do you keep the peace in your life? by keeping your faith hidden? All the while we forget that Jesus said, I came not to bring peace, but a sword. And take up your cross and follow me. But this same Jesus, the one who scattered the languages at Babel, who crushes the prideful ambition of man. He is the one who accomplishes for us what we could never accomplish on our own. There are no walls that we can build to keep sin out of our hearts. No scientific advancements can cure us of death. No tower can get us to heaven. But Jesus, by his cross, does this for us. 
Jesus was nailed to the cross to pay for the sins of Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia and of Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and Libya, Romans, Cretans, Arabs, and you. The blood of Jesus has no skin color. And the gospel has no skin color either. The, the message of the cross is the same in, in every language. Your sins are forgiven. In his love, God has sent his son in your place. His arms are open to welcome you into heaven. This is the good news that the Holy Spirit has brought to you. He's your counselor, your helper, your advocate. He turns your heart from the false hope of Babel to the glorious salvation that is yours in Christ. You may not be able to speak in different tongues, but the Holy Spirit also makes you a witness. You're a witness of God's love for you. You're a witness of the peace of knowing that your sins are forgiven for the sake of Jesus. You are a witness of the confidence that we have in the face of death, knowing that we will rise again. You're a witness of the hope that we have every day, knowing that Jesus is ruling in heaven over all things for us, for the benefit of his church. The dream of Babel is a lie. But there is a city where there is no division and no barriers of language or culture. The heavenly Jerusalem is the city of God. Our home, our hope is in that city where there is no death or sin or sadness. There, is where we will be, gathered together before the throne of our God and of the Lamb, with people of every tribe, every nation, every language. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.